What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray, and we're talking about generational wealth, mental health, finance, and business. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. And let's go on to introduce today's guest. We're talking to the Haltair Group. This is a Black-owned real estate investment firm. Black-owned, based in Los Angeles, California, comprised of five industry professionals. I can't wait to have this conversation. So without further ado, Dennis Earls, the CEO and Chairman, and Michael Piles, the Vice President. Welcome to Black Men Sundays, brother. How you doing? Thank you for having us, man. We appreciate it. Excited to be here this afternoon. Glad to yeah, be here. I'm excited to have this conversation because on Black Men Sundays, you know, we talk about establishing generational wealth. We had a lot of investors. We've had a lot of financial advisors, accountants, you know, but when we're talking about real estate, we've had brothers that do real estate, but we've not had commercial real estate. So we're talking commercial real estate today. So I just want to jump right in because when we're talking about establishing this generational wealth, I always hear brothers say, man, get you some multifamilies property, you know, get you a office building, get that going to get that residual income. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. But from a financial level, if I don't have the money available, what can I do to get established in that? You know, it's, um, that's a great question. And, you know, I'm going to paraphrase Magic Johnson for a second. You know, I'm a big Laker fan. And Urban recently said, we as a community have dominated entertainments fashion, athletics, but we are so far behind in the financial sector, right? And that's because our community, we've never really been taught on how to grow wealth, how to save capital and how to invest capital. You know, we're talking about commercial real estate. To your point, it's not easy. You're speaking about a lender, a bank that requires 25% down from that borrower. So if we're doing simple mathematics, you go and buy that apartment building for $1 million, you need $250,000 plus clothing costs. And not many black, brown, purple, or blue are sitting on $300,000. So what we have done at the Halter Group is we've provided an opportunity where individuals that look like us can put their money together as a collective. And then we, as the experts at the Halter Group, we invest those dollars into large multifamily buildings across the country that pay a substantial rate, uh, rate of return on a quarterly and annual basis. So we're providing an, a vehicle to where everyone, no matter if you've got 10,000, 20,000, or 300,000, can participate. Great information. And this next question is from Michael Pyle. Yes, sir. Vice President, real estate entrepreneurship expert. And you went to Clark Atlanta University. So that leads to my next question. When we're talking about HBCUs, man, you know, because I remember when I was a kid, I didn't really know. I'm going to keep it real. I didn't really know a lot about HBCUs until I, it was like I was watching a different world. And then my brother Kalali got accepted to North Carolina A&T. And I was like, wow, just because we were in Virginia and he got accepted to a school out of state, not realizing it was a HBCU. But then as I got better and learned, I was like, wow, it's a lot of professionals that are from HBCU. So my question is, with the Halter Group, what's the advantage or what's the um like how is your vision shaped by attending a hbcu and now you're in a professional space 
Man, uh, going to Clark Atlanta University, as you can see, I'm, I'm representing, you know, my institution right now. Uh, it, it really transcended my paradigm uh, when it came to all aspects of, of my life as a, as a Black man in this country, professionally, personally. Uh, going to an HBCU instilled in me a sense of value and worth that I was not able to access prior to. When you talk about it being Black History Month, I think it's apropos that we're talking about historically Black colleges and institutions, right? Because uh, these are iconic institutions that have fostered some of the most prolific minds and leaders we've ever had. When you think about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., when you think about our current vice president, the first African-American female vice president, Kamala Harris, a graduate of, of Howard University. Um, it's just iconic, man, and to be able to be in immersed in an environment where everyone conspires to see you win is totally a game changer. Throughout my career, one of the things that really resonated with me and the Halter Group and all of my partners was that typically in real estate, the majority of investors are not black. They don't look like us and they don't come from the diaspora. The proof is in the statistics. We only make up, African-Americans in the United States of America only make up about 8% of the total investor population. When you look at our white counterparts, they make up 64% of all real estate investors. We're at 8%. There's a tr tremendous disparity there, right? So when we lean into our HBCUs and when we talk about the impact that Halter Group is having on the culture, it's about galvanizing our people to lean into something that's gonna create generational wealth together. And that's what, what we've been doing. Great information. I had to get that question. And I saw that Clark Atlanta. I was like, I'm coming for you. And I went to FAMU and my brother Kalali went to uh, Norfolk State. So, you know, we got to get that HBCU love on here because it's Black Men Sundays. So my next question is either one of you guys, when we're talking about the whole terror group, like what's interesting to me is I felt like for a while, once brothers started really getting money, doing their thing, they would keep it a secret. You know, then it was brothers against brothers on a competitive level. But now we've learned, and I've had guests on the show that say, nah, y'all doing it wrong. Y'all need to collaborate. So how, from a business point of view, did you guys, because I mean, it's five industry professionals that make up the Halter group. Y'all are the, you know, top of the ladder. So how did you guys first select who would be members and how did you guys decide that, okay, we're going to be able to really make this work because I feel like when I look at a lot of businesses that has three or four or more members at some point, you know, they start having issues and things. So how were, how were you guys able to first off to collaborate and come together? Cause I mean, you guys are five industry professionals and I was looking at Michael's um, resume and I said, man, this man has managed over $400 million. Well, you know what? I think the world had an aha moment during COVID, right? COVID came, the world stopped. I had to look myself in the mirror and say, what's next? You know, you speak of the five individuals who make up the whole terror group, and really there's more. But when I go down their backgrounds, you know, first myself, I've been a commercial real estate broker for 27 plus years. I've brokered over 300 transactions, north of $3 billion in real estate. My partner, Anthony Tabor, is a mortgage banker who's uh, transacted over a half a billion dollars in real estate, 20 plus years in game. Marcid Hatcher, an executive at EY, Ernst Young, who's a major player in the development space in Europe and Asia, 
Ennis Williams, who's a uh, financial advisor for high net worth individuals, Michael Piles, Damon Hawkins, on down. We all collectively have 20 plus years or more in our space. So we do pride ourselves on being an expert. When COVID happened and the world stood still, we came together, brother, and we said, look, we have made a lot of other ethnicities wealthy, not rich, wealthy. Now it's time for us to take our knowledge together and pass on to the next generation so we, who look like each other, can make ourselves wealthy. Look, we're all going to make money, right? Our investors make money. The Halterra Group makes money. And that's how it all should be. We all should win together. So our uh, knowledge is being passed down to those who are not as knowledgeable. And we have found a niche to where we are winning. Uh, and I think my partner, Michael, can speak to you know, how helping others win to really expand on uh, the point that I'm making now. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's, there's nothing like being able to win with your, with your brothers, with your community, right? There's nothing like it. As Dennis mentioned, one of the commonalities between all of us is that we've made a lot of money. You know, we've been fortunate. God has been good to us. A lot of money in our careers. But unfortunately, a lot of those dollars that we've generated, we talked about Dennis transacting over $3 billion uh, in real estate. He's had over 300 clients and only three of them were black. Only three. That's like 1%, right? Less than 1%. Um, it's just a tragedy. Representation is everything. It's 2024. We have just as much access, just as much education as anyone. And so what we've decided to do was make sure that we dedicated our careers moving forward to enriching our communities. And that's what the Halter Group is all about. When we're talking about building Black wealth in the Black community, because you guys invest and revitalize underserved community initiatives. And on Black Men's Sundays, we've had a couple initiatives. We did a turkey drive. So, you know, we're, we're getting our initiatives in. But let's talk about these initiatives and, you know, how are you able to basically secure the buildings in the commercial real estate space? And then secondly, what careers, like if I'm thinking, hmm, I may want to have a career in commercial real estate, like what tips can you give us? Well, I think we'll speak about, we really have two initiatives and I'll let Michael start off because this one is extremely hot and dear to our, and dear to us as individuals. And then what I will do is I'll circle back with the second initiative. Michael? Absolutely. So um, one thing, one thing I want to highlight here, I think this is a good point to insert this. Uh, it's apropos to Black Men Sundays, right? This platform, this podcast is paramount for the culture is paramount for our communities, being able to um, evangelize the things that we need to hear, the, the real stories that we need to hear, how to build wealth, financial literacy is incredible. And Halter is doing that in our own way. We have the How with Halter podcast, one of our largest initiatives. We're leaning into this space. As you know, Corey and other good brothers on this line, podcast is the most popular medium period in today's society when it comes to how people are getting information and how people are interacting with, with multimedia. And so we established the How with Halter podcast. The How is an acronym that stands for helping others win. And just like Black Men Sundays, we're doing our part to bring in folks in entrepreneurship, bring in people in wealth, uh, wealth being and financial literacy, bringing in people that are helping in education and academia, yeah, all walks of life. And so one of our biggest initiatives is basically 
bringing people onto our platform that can resonate with folks from a diverse set of backgrounds and help them win. And so uh, not to take away from, from your podcast, but just to add to it, check us out, How With Halter Podcast. The others are our real estate properties. So first and foremost, we have an initiative with HBCUs where we are acquiring land adjacent to historical black colleges to develop brand new student housing units for the next generation of blacks. Our first project is in Tuskegee. Uh, we currently own five acres of land one block away from the university with plans to build 200 brand new student housing units. And the second is where we acquire already existing uh, apartment complexes throughout the US. We currently have north of 400 apartment units and growing. Uh, and we buy these buildings to where the occupancy rate is 85 or north thereof. We buy these buildings to where they are cash flowing day one as you close the escrow. We are buying these buildings where we have the ability to increase the rents. And through this business model, we're able to not only uh, enhance our investors' dollars by cash flow properties day one, but also the benefit of buying into HBCU land properties that we're building for the future. So we have two initiatives inside of Halter, and we're proud of both. And Corey, I just got to say something about the HBCU, man. You know, coming from Clark Atlanta University, I think we have, you said we have FAMU on the line too? Yeah, I'm FAMU. That's what and I'm we have line. Norfolk State on here and too, yeah? Norfolk State, yep. Norfolk State. My big sister went to FAMU, man. So I, I have a, a lot of affinity for FAMU as well. But I want to say this, man. A lot of people don't know this. There are currently 107 historically black colleges and, and universities across the nation. Out of that 107, do you know that the total collective endowment is only $5 billion? $5 billion is the total collective endowment. Howard, uh, Harvard University alone, Harvard has a $50 billion endowment, right? I mean, it's 10 times, 10 times the collective HBCU. It's, it's atrocious. It's absolutely, to call it disproportionate would be an understatement. So it is imperative that companies like Halter Group are able to lean into developing these HBCUs and giving visibility to these HBCUs because they're just as prestigious, just as iconic, just as impactful and influential as our PWI counterparts. And we wanna make sure that we're changing the narrative around HBCUs and we're doing it in our way. Great information, yes, definitely. And also, like the last part of that question were, you know, careers in real estate, because, you know, typically people think of oh, a realtor, but, you know, what are careers in real estate, especially commercial real estate? There's multiple. Uh, you can go in, you can be a broker, um, you know, much like a realtor on the residential side, you have a broker on the commercial side. You know, you can be an appraiser, you know, where the bank hires you to go out and, and check the value of the assets to determine its um, validity. You can be a mortgage banker to where you are behind the scenes sourcing capital for those borrowers to come in to obtain those large real estate assets. You can be a property manager, you know, someone on site to where you are physically dealing with the residents on a day in day out basis. You also can be an offsite manager, third party management companies that really drive the narrative of when to collect rents, when to evict, what capital improvements to um, implement in the asset. So there are multiple areas within commercial real estate that you can call as a, as a job or an industry or a career that 
can really make some substantial dollars for your family. And there's also less traditional routes too. A big part of being in commercial real estate and especially for Halter Group is marketing, right? So you people might not think of this. You Like you said, Corey, when you think of real estate, you think of realtor, you think of broker, but there's other routes that you can get involved just as impactfully in real estate, but you don't have to necessarily be a real estate agent or a property manager. Maybe you're a marketer, right? And you want to help market the properties in that way. Maybe you're really into nonprofits and philanthropic work. Shameless plug for How by Halter 501c3. It's our nonprofit organization that we started for community impact. So if you're into giving back to the community, educating the community, you can get involved in real estate through com community impact in a philanthropic way. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved. All right, this is Kalali. I'm from, uh, I'm uh, actually living in uh, Calvert County, Maryland right now. I guess I'll just ask y'all a basic question. Like how did, how did, uh, how did, and it's for either one of you, how did you get involved uh, at first um, in real estate? Um, and then I guess specifically on the, on the commercial side, how did that, how did that appeal to you more than um, say doing it on the private, on the, um, on the private side or on the individual, on the residential side? Was it through your education? Was it through, you know, what 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 lane what lane did you use to get uh, involved in real estate? I got involved in real estate since the day that I was born. Um, essentially, my my grandparents and great grandparents were real estate owners and investors. My great grandfather, rest in peace, Stanford Piles, essentially owned multiple real estate uh, properties throughout Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles County. I grew up in I grew up in Los Angeles. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. Over the course of my upbringing, I saw my great grandfather pass away and, and essentially give his properties to my grandfather, Roscoe Piles, right? Who just uh, just transitioned off of, off of this earth, rest in peace, granddaddy, uh, last year. But what ended up happening was my great grandfather established a real estate, a small real estate empire. He had like, I want to say, 15 to 18 real estate properties in Los Angeles valued at multi-million dollars. My family now only owns three of those properties, only three. And it's because of a lack of education in the real estate space. So what, one thing that I saw that I vowed that I was going to change for my family was to make sure that I am able to keep and grow the generational wealth by being the best that I could possibly be in real estate and, and educate my family on how to keep it and grow it rather than lose it, which has happened to black folks over time. Land, property, we've lost a lot over the years and me getting into real estate is my way to change that around and working with the Halter Group, we're building up our ownership again across the nation. I grew up in real estate also, but I fought it. I fought it tooth and nail because I did not want to go into real estate um, I didn't go to an HBCU. My wife did attend Clark Atlanta and graduated. I went to USC. Um, and after graduating from SC, believe it or not, I wanted to be a federal agent. I interned with the Secret Service. Um, and when I got inside, I was like, yeah, nah, this, this is not for me. Not, not doing this. And then one of my fraternity brothers, uh, plugged the Alpha Phi Alpha, uh, was interning in commercial real estate. And he was like, D, why do you keep job hopping, man? Why do you keep going from job to job, pillow to post? Like, what's what's up? He's like, come to real estate. And real talk, I went in one day. I sat for eight hours. I went to my corporate job. I quit. My mother was like, are you crazy? What are you doing? And I found my way back into real estate, although I fought it tooth and nail. 
because my mother was in residential, but I went into the commercial sector. And I love it so much because not many of us doing it, first and foremost. Um, I'm a competitive person secondarily. And I feel like, why, why not? You know, Russell, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook, why not? Why not us? How can we can't do it? And for me, and making so many others that do not look like us wealthy, coming together with my brothers under, under the Halter group and making people who look like us, you know, increasing their portfolios and showing them the way so their next, their generations can, can grow. Man, I love it. It's, it's now a labor of love for me. That's cool. That's cool. Yes, yeah, so I got a, got a couple points. First of all, Obviously, we got the HBCU love. Like like I said before, I'm a Norfolk State uh, graduate. Um, also, actually attended North Carolina A&T before that. So we got you know, got that. Uh, we from Hampton. We both from Hampton. So there's Hampton University as well. So it's a lot of HBCU connections as well. I will give a little PWI shout out. I saw you put you said USC in there. My my father was a graduate of USC, so that's there's still some USC love, you know what I'm saying? So there we go. So go Trojans, go Trojans. You know what I mean? So so I definitely connect on that. Again, just another basic question. So you're in real estate. Do you think that that's the best way for us to grow us as a people to grow uh, uh, generational wealth, or is is that like the main avenue that you think is, is the most positive or most impactful way? Are there other ways that you that you are also looking at? Um, as part of the Halter group, as you grow wealth, are you looking at, you know, investing in other ways um, or is uh, real estate really the, the the main focus right now? You know, look, if you ask me, I'm going to say real estate, right? Um, you know, for those familiar with California, In-N-Out Burger, they do burgers and fries. And that's our mantra at Halter is we do real estate. We do commercial multifamily real estate all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. That's who we are and what we do. Now, can I say that real estate is the only way to make wealth? No, right? There's entertainment, um, you know, there's oil, you know, there's stocks and bonds. I mean, there's so many different ways for people to make money. Personally, I believe the fastest way to make money is in real estate because the most wealth that is passed down by generations is typically through real estate, right? Those who start off in buying a single family and that single family becomes a, a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. And then that grows into five units and more, right? Or those who go into office settings and shopping centers and strip malls. I believe the greatest way to grow your, your capital is in real estate. I believe the safest way to grow your capital is in multifamily. And I will say that because everyone, I don't care who you are, you either live in a house or you rent an apartment, most, right? Now, I know there's some other, you know, unfortunate situations as well, but typically most people live in a house or an apartment and more so live in apartments than they live in houses. So if you can put your money into multifamily and you can benefit off of the residual monthly income, that's the safest way to, to invest your dollars. I'll just add to that ownership in general, right? Ownership in general. When you talk about building generational wealth, uh, you have to you have to have ownership. Um, when you look at entrepreneurship as a concept, basically what you're doing is solving a problem, right? Entrepreneurs solve a problem. When you create a business, you're you're that's what you're doing. You're solving a problem. Well, in real estate, the issue is every single human being on this earth. I don't care who you are. You need a place to stay. You need a place to live. So when Dennis talks about real estate 
is the easiest way or the greatest way to build wealth, he's absolutely correct because it's the one thing that resonates with every single human being on this earth. Technology might not resonate with everybody. Education might not be for everybody. You know, stocks and bonds, but real estate resonates with everybody because you're living under somebody's roof, roof whether it's yours or somebody else's. Cool. Yeah, that really, uh, you know, everything y'all have said, it, it really resonates with me. Um, you know, I think it's, it's very interesting, you know, um, especially the comments uh, that you made about, uh, you know, uh, lack of knowledge of what's going on, really causing a lot of people to lose generational wealth i've seen that you know so many places you know all over you know all over the place i also commend you brothers because you know i've been part of some collectives and, and for some reason it seems like you know they don't stay together you know people get you know people I, I don't know if it's the egos or whatever it is but like people aren't able to all the time move forward and work together and so by all doing this y'all really showing that like collective act action us working together is a way that we can be successful, a way that we can trade knowledge, a way that we can we can uh, generate wealth. Because, I mean, that's generally what everybody's doing, right? Even if you look at corporations, corporation is really another way of just saying collective action, even though that sounds like a bad word sometimes when we talk about, you know, how we make money. But it's the same thing, right? It's a bunch of people coming together around a cause to make a profit. So, and also, uh, I really appreciate what you said about trying to, you know, being in business is really about solving problems. Like I was mentoring somebody, I was mentoring one of my colleagues just a couple of days ago. And I was telling her, I said, look, because she was having an issue with just being a salesperson. And I said, look, you, you don't, don't look at it as, as you're being a salesperson. I said, look at it as you just solving problems. If you like to solve problems or you have a, a, a area of expertise in which you can solve a problem, then you sell the solution. You're not selling something that's not that's something that you don't believe in. You're just selling a solution to a problem that you see. Um, the question I want to have that the last question I got is a little bit off the beaten path um, from what we've been talking about. But um, you know, uh, in real estate, I know I know that you uh, I heard that you mentioned um, talking about you know looking even you know in in different places across seas and things like that. Are you looking at you know global investment like international investments? Um, as far as the commercial real estate uh, space, is that a big area that we should be looking at um, in terms of uh, investing in real estate just as people? Yeah, absolutely. We are looking to go international. Um, but, you know, I'm a fan of you crawl before you can walk, you sure. walk before you can run, and you run before you can sprint, right? So right now, when we started the company, we were crawling. We are now in the walking phase of Halter, soon to start our run. Internationally is absolutely something that we're looking at, but we want to make sure we go internationally at the right time. We want to make sure our business model is set up to be able to effectively acquire and effectively manage and then effectively pay our investors. And once we're ready to do that, then we absolutely will go international. But it is on our model to go outside of the U.S. because there's a lot of real estate opportunities that we can buy. Africa is booming. Uh, I mean, there's so many. There, Africa's booming. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I can't wait to get there and put some money in uh, in the soil. That's cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate definitely. Yeah, definitely looking at at, at that as well. So definitely appreciate y'all uh, y'all coming on the show, taking some time with us, Michael Dennis. Everybody who's a part of the uh, Haltair group, definitely appreciate it. Uh, sounds like it's a it's an awesome idea, and and it looks like it'll have a bright future as well. So appreciate y'all taking some time. Of course, thank you. Thank you, brother. Shamel Akins. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I am the service director for the Boys and Girls Club. 
Um, I wanted to ask you guys, if you have no knowledge, no experience with real estate, how do you get involved for a beginner that's looking to get involved? Absolutely. If you're looking to get involved with the Halter Group, uh, you can reach out to us uh, at investors at haltergroup.com. If you're just looking to learn more, we pride ourselves on being able to educate new investors, novices, folks that have never been able to invest in real estate. One thing that is uh, a point of pride for the Halter Group is our ability to provide access to high value real estate to folks that would never, ever have access to that without a company like ours. Most syndication groups start their minimum investments at 50 to $100,000, meaning that you have to have 50K, 100K minimum to invest, right? Well, for many of us, let's just be quite honest, we don't have 50 to $100,000 just sitting around. Halter Group was able to reduce that entry point to $10,000 minimum, which allows a lot more investors to be able to come into the pool and get started with us. But it's all, of, to answer your question, man, it's all about education. And the reason that I put our email address out there, investors at haltergroup.com, is because we take the time to walk our investors hand, hand in hand through the process, right? What you wanna do, Shamel, is what you wanna do when you're getting started is make sure that you're learning from a subject matter expert. So when you reach out to the Halter Group, you're going to get a one-on-one -on -one education on how to get it, how to get started investing, what you're investing in, what are the benefits of investing with the Halter Group, and how you can establish a long-term plan to generational wealth, which also equates to financial freedom. I'll add in, Samel, I would love to get access to you and the Boys and Girls Club if possible, because I do a, a youth Zoom every Thursday where I give out free knowledge to, you know, the youth on how to start shaping their minds in real estate. And I don't go commercial real estate. I don't go re residential real estate. I just speak granular in terms of real estate within itself. Um, and that strikes conversations and that strikes ideas. And then from those ideas, it brings questions. And those questions allow me to answer. And hopefully those answers provide whomever I'm speaking to a pathway to get into the space if he or she so wants to. Um, as Michael says, it's education, right? Um, I would say intern at a local uh, commercial real estate firm or a local residential firm or identify who is a, as Michael also said, a resident expert in the space, intern with him or her. You know, there are ways of how you can break into space. Now, you might have to do it for free, right? You might have to intern for free and not make any money, but that knowledge is your compensation. And now you have to take that knowledge and apply it to where you make tangible dollars because knowledge is king. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely, my brother. And, and another thing I wanted to add uh, to that, because it was such a great question, is get on YouTube, man. Be a student of the game. These days, we're so fortunate to have podcasts like Black Men Sundays. We're so fortunate to have YouTube, Google. You can get on and start learning. Just get started, you know, inundating yourself with knowledge first. And that's the that's going to be a great foundation to getting started in any sort of investment endeavor, even real estate. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say I wanted to um, commend you brothers for what you guys have done. Um, it's definitely needed in our community. And um, kind of what the, um, the other brother was just saying um, a moment ago, basically, 
a person like myself, you know, I'm trying to get into real estate. I haven't really done a lot of it, but I'm trying to get into that, um, into that, um, that vehicle and um, financial vehicle. And uh, I'm definitely going to check you brothers out. I'm definitely going to um, try to um, be in contact with you guys so that I can try to get to get to that next level. And I know you guys have you have so much information, and so much knowledge and wealth to, to the point where I know I, you can be definitely of assistance to me. So, Gary, you know, man, listen, we're here to help you. Um, I would say to you, your most powerful tool is your cell phone. The contact list in your cell phone, every contact in your cell phone, you should have a dollar sign behind. You should know how much money each contact in your cell phone can invest, right? Because those contacts who you know, that's your that's your audience. That's how Halter started. We started off by calling those people in our contact list who we knew, who we trusted, and who they trusted us. And we pulled their dollars together and we bought our first building. Now look at us. Imagine, Gary, if you did the same and Corey and Shamel, et cetera. Imagine if each of you went to your cell phones and said, hey, Michael, hey, Dennis, we've got five people in our contact list, 10, 20, 30, whatever it may be, that has $10,000. Can we jump on a Zoom call with you? And can you educate us on how to do what Halter has done? Michael and I are going to jump on instantaneously because it helps you grow and it helps us grow. And now we become a partnership. So go to your cell phone, start calling mom and dad and aunt and cousin and you know frat brother and, and ex-roommates, girlfriends, whatever. Bring them together and let us, Michael and I, educate them, which makes you look great and also makes you make money as well. There's an easy way to start, and that's follow us. We've done it already. Can I can I just say what Dennis said was so profound? Um, because black folks don't have these conversations, right? And what Dennis just said was just so spot on because just in your phone, you have probably a hundred, probably 200, 300 contacts in there where if you want to start a business, if you want to start investing in real estate, if you want to change your life. It's all, the, the list is there. It's there. It's at your fingertips. But we don't have those conversations. Growing up, my family wasn't sitting around at the din dinner table talking about building wealth and you know, how to establish good credit, how to buy property. I don't know if your families were, but these aren't common conversations in Black households. But we need to change that narrative. I want to change it for my kids. I know Dennis is changing it for his kids. And that's what we try to do with our platform. That's why we love Black Men Sundays. We love having conversations with smart, intelligent, like-minded brothers like you all, because these are the conversations that aren't being had enough. So we just encourage you to get out, like Dennis said, reach out to your network and get started having those conversations. Yeah, and Black men don't talk about our mental health also. That's you right. Know, our, our mental health and the things that we go through on a daily basis as Black men, it's not easy, right? I commend each of you brothers, and I don't even, I had never even personally met you guys outside of this Zoom, but to be alive in 2024 and what's going on in this world and what we've had to come through and what we're going through, our mental health is, has to be talked about more and financial wealth has to be talked about more as well. So I definitely commend the podcast. I commend what you brothers are doing, just getting out the knowledge of financial wealth and Black mental health is so needed in 2024 and going forward. So, you know, use us as a conduit to be successful. 
Definitely great information. And I have like a couple more questions, but I always like to ask our guests around this time. Are you guys enjoying yourselves on Black Men Sundays? Man, this is a blast, man. This is a blast. Dennis, Dennis will tell y'all, I've never seen a microphone that I wasn't going, going to talk to, you know? So anytime <laughs> I get opportunity to speak and, and just talk, I'm, I'm going to take it. But this platform is something special, man. We're having a blast. Hey, man, we talk, we call, uh, internally, we call Michael Photograph P. Uh, because yeah, that boy loves some photos and a microphone, but you know, he's one of our superstars within Halter because you know, he's hit the ground running, he's really driven the notoriety of Halter. Um, he's allowed for Halter to be known across the globe, and he's just a rock star, man. So, you know, platforms like this, I am, I am enjoying myself, I am elated to be on this podcast. Um, we would love for you guys to be on our podcast. Like, you know, each one, each one teach one. So look, we're here, man. This is awesome. Y'all doing some good stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. Because one thing, you know, on Black Men Sundays, we like to, you know, because I always say I'm not, I'm not the host where I'm the expert. I'm the regular guy working the nine to five, own a property. I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to learn as well. I'm trying to get some residual income. I'm trying to get, you know, some extra income as well, because I've been looking in the commercial space. So you're telling me right now, if I have 10,000, because you know, it's tax season right now. If I have 10 stacks, $10,000, I can play with y'all. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Our, our minimum, our minimum uh, interest is $10,000. Now, you can invest as many thousands as you like, as long as those are available to be purchased. Those shares are available to be purchased, but the minimum is 10,000. And we've done that uniquely because to typically enter the space of syndication, syndication again defined as a collective where individuals can put their money in together is $50,000, $100,000 and north thereof. We recognize at the onset of building our brand that $10,000 was a sweet spot to where most just can't say no to, right? You have your money sitting in an FDIC bank, Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, and they're paying you less than 1%. They're paying you nothing, right? We historically across all of our assets are paying our investors on a cash flow basis 6 to 8% annually. So just put that into perspective. You take your 10,000 out of an FDIC bank, you put your 10,000 with Paul Terre, you make six to 8,000 on your, on your cash flow. But that's just one way you make money. The second way you make money, since you discussed tax time, is via your K-1, your depreciation. Real estate is one of the only investments that will appreciate, go up in value, all while depreciating, going down in value at the same time. So for every year that your $10,000, Corey, is invested within Halter, you're getting a K-1, which now your CPA can write off on your personal taxes to save you money. And a third, which is the greatest way to pass wealth within real estate, is equity. So your $10,000, Corey, is not only working from a K-1, a tax standpoint, an annual rate of return of 6 to 8% historically, but also your equity. So absolutely, Corey, 10000 gets you in the game with Halter. Now, what about, you know, credit and other stuff like that? Or is it, or is this $10,000 i am good? $10,000, you are good because 
there's two categories. You have your general partners, which are the founders of Halter, where we go out and we use our personal credit to sign on the dotted line as the guarantor for those loans. And then you have the limited partners, which are those who are the investors who are not required to sign on the dotted line for the loan. So $10,000 and you're good. Now, will we want for you to review our legal documents? Yes. Will we want for you to have an attorney review the documents so he or she can properly educate you on what's inside of the fine print? Yes. Should you reach out to your accountant to see if this investment makes sense for your portfolio? Yes. And after your advisors look at who we are, if then you make the final decision on if you want to invest. I say this joke all the time. I'm 5'11", 175 pounds. I cannot do jail time. So I want to make sure that each investor goes through the fine print, that they are comfortable and that they are educated before they write the check. Definitely. That's great information. That's great information. I just want to clarify. So if I have $10,000 and I have a 581 credit score, I can still get in. If you have $10,000 and you have a zero credit score, you can get in. Mm. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, looking at you guys' uh, portfolio in the first three years, 35 million, the support of 135 investors, 600,000 passive cash flow, and 16 million equity appreciation. I mean, man, you guys are doing more than walking, man. It sounds like y'all on the bus now. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's one of that's the beautiful that's the beautiful thing about commercial multifamily real estate. You know, it's it's interesting is because it's all about perspective. Let's just say that you have, you know, four to five million dollars and you go out and buy a, a you know a mansion somewhere in Malibu or something of that nature, right? Or a or a really nice house. Actually, for four or five million dollars these days in places like Los Angeles, you might only get a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home. <laughs> <laughs> but but imagine taking that same four to $5 million and getting a small multifamily building, right? That's what we're teaching people. It's just a difference. You get so much more bang for your buck when you're doing commercial multifamily assets. And that's why the Halter Group focuses on that. Man, I'm, and Corey, I'm... you know, Corey, not to cut you off, you're already in the game. If I, if I understood you correct, you own a single family home, correct? Yes, sir. I'm pretty sure you've, uh, you have some equity in that home. Well, I'm in Orlando, so definitely. And I've so, been in this house since 20, 2018, so oh yeah. So then you should absolutely be looking at the market, right? When interest rates are low, the federal government graciously donated you equity, right? And as the interest rates start to increase, the federal government is graciously taking away your equity, right? So you now have to look at where you are from a single family perspective, what is your equity? What is your interest rate? And can you refinance your, your property and invest your equity elsewhere that can allow for you to pay the increase from your mortgage payment from day one to the time that you refinance? And that's a powerful tool, Corey, that so many homeowners are not looking at and they're not using. You got equity in your house and that equity might very well buy you a duplex or a triplex which generates cash flow, which offsets your mortgage payment. We're fans of creativity because we've been doing it so, so long. It's like tying our shoe. But these are ways and conversations that we have as a collective 
that opens the horizon for so many people and how they're able to now invest inside a hotel or just take our knowledge and do it for themselves. Well, that's great information. Yeah, because I thought about um, refinancing the house. But, you know, we got it at 3%. It's like eight and a half now. So I'm like, nah, I'm good on that right now. So, but that leads to my next question because we're talking about 8%. Um, we had a Wells Fargo executive. He came on, he said 8% of millionaires are black, but only two to 5% of financial advisors are black. And then today you guys added 8% of total real estate investors are black. So from you guys' point of view, and I want to hear from both of you on this question, what can we do? to bring these numbers up this we're, we're doing it man what you know the question is what can we do but we're doing it and the numbers are going are going up just by us having this conversation and getting it out to the masses we already know thousands of people are going to hear this conversation and that in and of itself is going to drive those numbers up it's about leveraging your platform leveraging your voice to make these conversations commonplace listen one of the things that halter group is doing better than anyone out there is educating black people on how to how to invest in one of the most stable accelerated growing classes of real estate which is commercial multifamily a lot of people know about how to buy a home right you're a you're a homeowner right right uh corey but when it comes to buying a building a commercial multifamily an apartment complex most of us have no clue what that entails and so we are providing that education that access and that's where it starts. Education, letting the masses know we can do this and this is how. So Black Men Sundays, you're you're getting the numbers up by having us on. I'm going to inject a new word. I'm going to inject mentality. Yeah. Corey, you you just recently mentioned that your interest interest rate was 3%, rates now are eight and a half percent. Let me ask you a question. When Ronald Reagan was in office, what were the interest rates? Any idea? They were higher than 8%, but the property value was lower. They were double-digit interest rates. Property values were lower, absolutely. But investors that do not look like us didn't care about what the rate was. They were still moving and shaking within the marketplace and buying assets that were priced cheaper, right? They were, but they didn't care about a 6%, 8%, 10%, 12% rate. So don't let the interest rate stop you from making moves within the marketplace to enhance your portfolio. If what you acquire allows for you to cover your cost basis, who cares what the interest rate is, right? Let's say your mortgage payment right now, Corey, is $1,000. Let's say at 8.5%, your mortgage payment is $2,000 or $2,500 per month. But you can take your equity and buy a secondary property to bridge that 1500 Do you care what the rate is now? No, you don't, because now you've got two properties going up in value and two properties giving you a tax write-off, all while the second property is paying for the first. So I think mentality is so paramount and important within the Black community, and that stops us more times than not from making a move. Wow, great information, man, because I you know, speak to brothers all the time. And a lot of brothers say, man, you know, especially here in Florida, specifically Orlando, you know, the rates are sky high and the prices are really, really high because like the house caddy corner to mine, they're renting it. I just looked it up. It's twenty nine hundred a month. And if you have a dog, it's like an extra three hundred. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Like if you just stay in there for four months, 
that's almost 12 grand. So that's unbelievable. So I really appreciate the Halter Group, Dennis Earls, the CEO and chairman, Mike Hale Powell's the vice president. I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned so much today. You know what? I think I'm going to go on and get my 10,000 ready to go, man, because the Halter Group, I like what you guys are talking about. And thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. Many blessings, brothers. Thank, Thank you as so well, much. man. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for the, for the opportunity and for the platform. You're doing a, a wonderful things right now, and uh, we're appreciative. It's a Black Man Sunday.